Well, it's so great to have you all here today, especially the, uh, those who are guests. Maybe a family member brought you or a friend brought you or maybe you went on our website. We want to welcome you and we hope you enjoy our time together worshiping the Lord. Now, today I want to talk about the most famous verse in the Bible. I mean, people know what this verse is more than any other verse because it's been publicized uh, quite a bit. And here it is. Well, that's not quite right. <laughs> Look up 316. Uh, what book? <laughs> but of course, it's John 316, right? Very common at sporting events and you know, when they're doing the field goal and get that uh, message out. Of course, we have uh, Tim Tebow uh, back in 2012 uh, was playing for the Broncos and he was very, very uh, upfront about his faith. And then we have a fighter, John 3.16, there. And when you make it to the Simpsons, that really means you made it. When they parody you uh, or John 3.16, you know you've made it, Okay into popular culture. This is the funniest picture. <laughs> you remember streakers, you know, that would run naked across the sports field? This, I guess this is a Christian streaker. He has clothes on. That's good. And he, he's trying to get the message out, but I think it's really the wrong way to go about it. That guy has a taser in his hand, and I just wish I could see the videotape of that. But I, yeah, whatever. <laughs> John 3.16, why is it that people communicate to others that John 3.16 is the verse you need to read? Well, because it's got the gospel in it. Let's read it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 is the best summary of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ's love that we find in the Bible. And that's why we want people to read it so they can understand it. Well, we're going to unpack it today in some different ways. Uh, in this verse, you have the greatest love, the greatest sacrifice, the greatest offer, and the greatest gift. So let's first of all look at the greatest love. For God so loved the world. Now, what's that so for? Well, it's an adverb. And in the original language, uh, it's an adverb of intensity. So I love you. Or I so, so, so love you. The deeper love. More intense love. Uh, the Chicago Bears are going to bury their season officially today. And it's been hard, hasn't it? Four and ten. And who are they playing today? The Cleveland Browns. And they haven't won a game all season. And Bear fans are just really nervous. <laughs> Yes, that guy said they were going to watch a game. Why waste your time? You know, you like to be miserable? <laughs> it could happen. So, so I could say, well, I'm disappointed in the Bears' performance this year. 
Or I could say I am so, 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 so disappointed. All right? Uh, that's an intensity type of thing. And, and I tell you, God just doesn't love you. He loves you so much. His love is extraordinary. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. It's powerful. That's what God's love is. And it's so important that I want to communicate this to you because so many people have an idea of, a, like, God is a judge, you know, just watching you, waiting to throw the book at you, ready to nail you. No. That's not our God. He knows we're sinners. He knows we're going to sin. What he's waiting for is for you to say, God, I want a personal relationship with you. Because he has all this love for us, and he wants us to experience that. Ephesians 1.4, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. You know why the universe was created? That's a question that comes up often. Like, why am I here? You know, what's the purpose? Well, friends, before the beginning of the creation of the universe, God created it for us. This whole universe is for us because He wanted to have a relationship with us. And so he created earth and the rest of the universe and uh, we get to live in it and enjoy it. But God had you in mind when he created the universe. God loved us and chose us in Christ. Psalm 145.9 The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. Compassion is the idea of suffering, to suffer with someone. And uh, God suffers with us. When, you, when you're suffering, God is hurting for you because of his great love for you. But God is, is the giver of all good gifts. Everybody, let's take a deep breath in and then out. You see that breath? That was, that was a gift from God. And you continue to breathe. Your heart continues to pump. And it's only by the will of God that that happens. Because God is in control of everything. But the great thing is that he loves us in an incredible way. There's a lot of good things that God has given us. This is one of my favorites uh, that God has blessed our world with. I mean, you guys know I like Giordano's Pizza, but this is called, I never heard this name before, it's a peanut butter blossom cookie. Okay. How many, how many like that cookie, huh? Oh, look at those hands. I've never seen so many hands in my life. Yeah, they're awesome, aren't they? And you know what? They came by accident. Uh, a woman named Frida Smith was making peanut butter cookies. And we went to get the chocolate morsels and she couldn't find them. So what she did is she had the peanut butter cookie and she put a Hershey Kiss. Now, the Hershey Kiss uh, goes back to 1907 and uh, the kiss comes from the sound the machine makes when it 
greets a Hershey kiss. So she put those on there. In fact, in 1957, she was in the Pillsbury break, uh, Pillsbury uh, Bake Off, and uh, uh, she lost. She lost with the greatest cookie ever created. <laughs> but I tell you what, by popular demand, it just keeps coming back over and over and over again. And and you know, if you're ever thinking about me and said, "It's like like a love, Dan," so appreciation. Uh, and if you're making these kind of cookies, <laughs> that's great. Now, i got to tell you, I'm going to go on a diet on January 1st. So get it to me before January 1st. My diet will probably go from January 1st to January 15th. So after the 15th, that'd be cool too. You know, Let's just be realistic here, okay? <laughs> yeah. So God gave us those cookies and every other good thing. Romans 8.39, no power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. That is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from God's love. When you think about human love, uh, it's really imperfect and sometimes very weak. You know, divorces typically happen in the eighth year of a marriage. So, so you ask yourself the question, you know, how can this couple who are just crazy about each other go, go all the way to hating each other's guts, right? Now, if you have a newly married uh, family member or somebody you come across, just share that with them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're going to hate each other in eight years. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens many times, but thankfully, if we have Christ at the center of our lives, it's still tough. Marriage is a really tough job, but we can be empowered to continue to love the way God loves. God loves us. So we're filled with His love, and then we give it out. God's love is an unconditional love. God's love is an unconditional love. God knows more about you than you do. He knows your conscious, your subconscious. He knows everything about your body, what state of uh, your body's in. I mean, He knows everything, the good, bad, and the ugly, and His love never changes. You couldn't do anything on this earth to stop the love of God. Because His love is always coming at you, even if you don't want it, even if you don't want to submit to God. Again, His love is there, always waiting, waiting for you to humble yourselves and say, God, I need you. I need you in so many uh, different ways. Ephesians 3.18 And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. Now, notice the word understand. Uh, A lot of us have the knowledge about God's love. Yeah, God loves me. I've heard that. But there's an 18-inch difference to get down to where your heart knows that and believes that. and, And... you know, it's part of your life. So, so 
what Paul is saying is, I want you to the power to understand how amazing God's love is and how powerful it is. What? How would you uh, sum up the year 2017? Now, maybe it was a great year for you. Good things happened. Bought a home, got married, uh, found new friends. I mean, so many good things that can happen in your life. Or maybe it was just an average year. Some good, some bad, nothing that really stands out. Or maybe it was a very difficult year. Very painful. Uh, You're glad it's going to be over. (laughs) And here in our family, we've had people experience the loss of loved ones this past year. Uh, one couple lost their child this past year. Very, very painful. And we've had all types of illnesses and all the things that can go wrong in life. And some of it cancer. Yeah. And that's just the nature of life, is we're going to go through pain. But the beautiful thing about it is that Jesus Christ reaches down Let's say you've had such a bad year, you feel like you're in this enormous pit, and you look up, and there's no way, it seems, that you can climb out of it. Well, I tell you what, God's love is with you in that pit. No matter how deep it might seem, no matter how hopeless it is, God is the, he's the hope of the world. He's the hope of our life. And He wants to come around you and love you. Many times, uh, you know, okay, we, we have problems and we think that, that well, God's going to solve the problem if I pray about it. He's just going to take it magically away. And sometimes that happens. There is incredible power and healing. But what's really more common when we have issues going on in our lives is that He sustains us. He sustains us through very painful times. Uh, his compassions are new every morning, the Bible says. He gives us power. He gives us peace so that we might be able to walk through these difficult situations in life and ultimately grow to be more like Jesus Christ. So friends, if you're hurting this morning and you don't know Jesus, <laughs> uh, I would just ask you to seek Him and get to know Him because He loves you so much. The greatest love. Second thing is the greatest sacrifice. The greatest sacrifice. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. So... By the Trinity, by the Father, by the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's been said, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself, right? Well, friends, there was a problem in our relationship with God where we could no longer be in relationship with Him because of our sin. We're all sinners, aren't we? Like the kid who wrote to Santa... And he said, Santa, there are three kids in this house. 
Jeff is a two-year-old, Jim is a five-year-old, and I'm a seven-year-old. And he said, Jeff has been good some of the time, and Jim has been good some of the time, but Norman's been very good all the time. So I, Norman, (laughs) you know, we... We get so confused and we don't see things clearly. We say, well, I'm not that big a sinner. Well, if you really look at it and look at motives and uh, why you do certain things, there's a lot of sin in our lives. And you see, that sin in our lives keeps us from having a relationship with a holy God. Because He's holy. And he can't have a relationship with a sinner. So, there's a problem because God is not only a loving God, he's a just God. And there has to be a payment for sin. There's a penalty. And that's eternity without God. And it's a penalty. And God, of course, wanted to provide a way where we would be able to become holy as well. And that's why Jesus Christ came to this earth. He came for many reasons, but the main reason was He came to die. He came to die. And why would He come to die? Because He wanted to save us from the penalty of our sin. He was the God-man. Fully God and fully man at the same time. And he walked among us. And he gave his life. When he was on the cross, what happened was is that all the sins of everyone in the world, past, present, and future, were laid upon him. He had never sinned, but he felt the penalty of sin for us dying on that cross. And he stretched out his arms and said, this is how much I love you. Wow. That is an incredible God, isn't it? The only God, no doubt. We're looking at Colossians 1.15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is a supreme over all creation. So Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. It's really amazing when you think about that, because if you read through the Gospels, start in John, uh, if you're starting out, uh, but as you read the Gospels, it's just so clear that this is God. And you can read about Jesus Christ in the four Gospels, and that's God who's actually one of us. I mean, it's amazing. It's so unique. That God did that for us. And how did he come into the world? He came as a baby. You see this little child, newborn, uh, Israeli newborn. And uh, yeah, just imagine if that's Jesus, okay? That's Mary. Ah. <laughs> Why did he come as a baby? Well, he didn't want to scare us. Are you scared by that baby? Are you nervous right now? (laughs) You never want to be near that type of baby? Of course not. 
Everybody loves babies, especially women. Oh my, right? Just give me some, give me some time. <laughs> it fills a, a need in our lives, and also uh, encourages uh, the child. And just think, Jesus. I mean, he was the king of the universe. He's always existed, and he was the king of the universe, and he humbled himself to come down and start out life as a baby. It shows what Jesus was all about, that he came to serve. He came to save us. And that's how he entered the world. Romans 5, 8, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. While we were still sinners. When Jesus Christ died, of course, God knows everything about the future. He's controlling the future. So when he had all those sins laid upon him, again, he was paying the price for our penalty. It's like we should have been on that cross paying the penalty for our sins, but he paid it for us. He sent Christ to die Die while we were still sinners, before we were even born. Luke two eleven. For unto you, Gabriel said, or the uh, angel, you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ, the Lord. A Savior. That's again his main mission. First John two two. When he served as a sacrifice for our sins. He solved the sin problem for good. Not only ours, but the whole world's. He served as a sacrifice for everyone's sin. And again, it applies to the whole world. If people would just turn and, and repent, it's the whole idea of just saying, Lord, I'm wrong and, and I want to go in the right direction and I want you to lead me there. That again is a whole idea of the gospel. Second Corinthians five twenty one for God made Christ who never sinned. That's why he could be a representative, because he was a man, just like us, and at the same time he was God. So he lived the perfect life, fulfilled all the laws, and, and, and he was the only one representing man who could die for the sins of all. To be the offering for our sins so we could be made right with God through Jesus Christ. That's what God wants. He wants to be right with you. He wants to love you. And you, again, are the one who determines if you're going to accept that free gift that's offered to everyone. Let's talk about the greatest offer. Go back to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish. Wow. That whoever believes in Him should not perish or pay for the penalty of their sin. That's really sad what's happened to Black Friday. It used to be so fun to sit out there at 2 in the morning (laughs) waiting for deals. Walmart, you know. Yeah. 8 o'clock on Thanksgiving, and then 4 o'clock, and now, they, now it's at 6 o'clock. Nobody cares anymore. And so what happens is, is it's really just the whole black month of shopping. <laughs> you got Super Saturdays, you've got 
Cyber Mondays, Terrific Tuesdays. <laughs> they got all kinds of names out there. And we're constantly shopping. The average American family spends $900 on Christmas. And the bottom line is the majority of those people don't have $900 to spend on Christmas, right? We just get caught up and I'm going to save all this money. You can't buy those presents to save money because you're going to lose money. Okay, It's a great sale, but still you can't do it because you don't have the money to pay for the sale. <laughs> Romans 10.9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So here, here's uh, the description of how one becomes a Christ follower. So first of all, you realize that you're a sinner. You realize that there's nothing you can come to God with. Good works don't get you into a relationship with God. That's a common uh, lie that really is out there. And a lot of people believe it because you've got to work and then you get good things. And the whole idea of receiving the gospel for free, I mean, people say, well, that doesn't make me special then. I'm like everybody else. Yes, you are like everybody else. We're all sinners and we need to say, God, I don't have anything to offer you. My sins uh, have put me in this position. And, and I want, I'm going to confess with my mouth that uh, you are Lord. And that I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And you will be saved. So as you, you speak to God and uh, come to those particular decisions and they're just biblical principles. Uh, yeah, that, that's when God changes you and the Holy Spirit comes into you. Let Mike Turney come out at this time. I want you to listen to how God radically changed his life. Hi, good morning. Uh, my name is Mike Turney. I am 27 years old. And I actually grew up in the Huntley area living with my mother and my stepfather. Uh, we attended a small church. When I was younger, I really didn't like to obey my authorities that were in my life. Um, that would be my parents. But um, my stepdad would always catch me in these lies. Um, and, and all I would do is I would manipulate my situation to try and get out of those lies. Um, and I started using drugs and alcohol when I was uh, 15 years old. And uh, when I was 18, I moved out of my house. Uh, once I moved out, I started working. Uh, and I was just partying even more. And... Uh, I really didn't have a plan when I moved out, uh, and it's because I, I really didn't know what my purpose was in life. I didn't know why I was on the earth. Um, so when I was 22, I moved back home with my dad, and uh, my, grandmother, my grandmother had just passed away, and my uh, father was feeling lonely. And uh, I moved back with him, and about nine months into me moving back, um, he had actually had hepatitis A and B, and uh, his liver was failing um, and uh, he had to have a surgery done, but we decided not to do the surgery, and uh, he died. So once my father had died, it was just a, a point in my life where I had just lost all hope. Um, at that point, I had known that God had existed, um, but I was thinking to myself, God, if you exist, how could you take my best friend from me? How could you take my dad from me? And uh, I just had a lot of hate in my heart. And uh, so at that point, I just started drinking even more and more because I wanted to mask what was going on in my life. And that was the only way that I could see of doing it. I was at the end of myself. 
Um, I was ready uh, to, to end my life because I could see that that was the only way that I could get out of this situation. And I reached out to God and I said, you know what, God, if you're real, then you can go ahead and you can change me. And uh, that night I went out for the last time. Uh, the next morning, my, my initial thought was that I would go out and I wouldn't wake up the next morning. I woke up the next morning. I had a couple missed calls on my phone from my mother. And um, she had called me saying that I had asked for help that night. And uh, I, I had uh, called her and uh, she gave me a, a, pro, a number for a program called Teen Challenge. And uh, I called and within three days I got accepted into the program. Uh, while I was at Teen Challenge, we attended a lot of church services, and I can remember one service that stood out, um, and it was about forgiveness uh, and, and how Jesus came to die on the cross for our sins, for forgiveness. And uh, at that time, that was kind of a changing point in my life. I went home, I searched it out a little bit in the book of Matthew, and uh, I, I was, I was, it was just a changing point because it was like, wow, Jesus could forgive me for all of the things that I've done in the past. And uh, it was like a weight had been lifted off of my shoulders at that time. And I just remember it was the best night of sleep I ever had. Um, but while I was in Teen Challenge, I knew I had to find a church. Um, and I had to seek out, you know, a, a good church um, that would, would uh, help me to grow in my Christian walk. And I found uh, Springbrook. And I became a member last year. And uh, I actually serve with the junior and senior high ministries. So now I feel like I have hope. Um, and I know that I do, and I know why I'm here, um, and I know that it's because Jesus has something planned that's way bigger than me. And um, I, my encouragement to everybody would be that if you're going through this right now, I would just ask that you would just seek it out, um, and you would seek out the Bible and ask God to, to give you a direction. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Wow, huh? Wow, wow, wow. That is the power of the love of God. To take a young man who's going in the wrong direction, going towards lots of pain and even death, and totally turn him around. That's the miraculous power of God's love. And if you haven't experienced it, again, we encourage you to do everything you can to learn and uh one day make that decision. Uh, the greatest gift, eternal life. Inviting Jesus Christ into your life, first of all, your sins are forgiven. You struggle with guilt at all? Guilt about things you've done in the past? Well, there's only one person who can forgive you, and that is God, who is a judge. And because of what Jesus Christ did, you can be forgiven. Another thing is you have a purpose for living. You know, a lot of people think, okay, well, I'll become a Christ follower and then I'll be sure to get into heaven. But hey, there's this whole life that you have where you live out the gospel on a daily basis. And I tell you, I've had a relationship with God for over 50 years. And wow, I mean, he's always there for me. Uh, he always uh, inspires me. Uh, I can go to him at any time and... Talk about what's bothering me or, or pray for other people in my life. And I just can't imagine living life without Jesus. And, of course, there are all kinds of people here who would say the same thing. And so, please, uh, consider it. Finally, you have a home in heaven. And heaven's going to be a great place, 
Again, it's going to be like Earth 10.0. Think if you just took all the sin out of the Earth. Nobody sinned against anybody. Nobody had sinful thoughts. Well, it would be a good place to live, right? Well, it's too late for that. So, heaven is going to be the place with no sin, no suffering, no pain, no tears. I mean, it sounds too good to be true. But it's a manifestation of God's incredible love for you. I say, well, Dan, what do I have to do to become a Christ follower? Well, one way to do it is through a prayer that includes these biblical concepts that we've been talking about. And you say, my life is broken, God. I recognize it's because of my sin. I need you. I believe Jesus Christ came to live, die, and was raised from the dead to rescue me from my sins. Forgive me. I turn from my selfish ways and put my trust in you alone. And not my good works. I know that Jesus is Lord of all and I will follow him. As you say that prayer with understanding and sincerity and you really believe that, that's when God will transform your life just as he did Mike. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray for my friends here. And Lord, I pray that they would come to this point of decision and pray a prayer like that and say, Lord, I want You as part of my life. I need You. I can't do it on my own anymore. I'm making a mess of things. And Lord, thank You that You will come into their life. Lord, thank You for Christmas. What a beautiful season to remember how You came into the world. In Christ's name, amen.